The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So what are we drinking today? We're drinking a new drink called a Hanky Panky because I wanted to explore Fernet Branca. And okay. we don't have the traditional Fernet Branca, but we went to Highside Distilling. Yes. And bought their Fernet version. Okay. Yeah. So, and, th- and it's in a lot of European drinks, and the imbibe uses a lot of that. So okay. I wanted to try this. So this is gin. You can also make it with cognac, So, okay. but I made it with gin. And sweet vermouth, equal parts. And then dashes of the fernet. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty. And then you serve it with a couple mini orange twirls. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that nice? I wonder why that is. Yeah. It's got a nice mm-hmm. aroma. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's pretty nice. Pretty smooth. simple, smooth drink. It's kind of like a Manhattan, a little bit. A little different because it's gin. I get it. But it has that aftertaste that's kind of, it's probably the vermouth. I wonder what cognac would be like. It's kind of like a, it's like a gin and tonic with like flat tonic. Oh. You know, like it's not. Yeah, not, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like not a, fizzy. Not fizzy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got that sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. I quite like it though. Pretty sure I could drink a bunch of those. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm sure that would be. You know, dangerous. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, if if, you if know, it's that easy to drink, that easy to drink. Yeah. Sitting at a bar, it's noisy. Oh yeah, talking and, to and you're talking. So when yeah. you talk and visit, people socially drink. You yeah. know, there's a different pace to that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Could easily do that. Well, okay, so. So. <laughs> Today's winner. Today winter solstice. is the winter solstice. Yes. Yeah. Super exciting. For us. For us it is. I think we kind of aligned ourselves. You probably thought about this for a while, even before we met possibly. And I've been thinking about this for the last five or six years. This being? The winter solstice being more of the point of this time of year versus Christmas and you know, all the other stuff. Festival of Lights, you know, going back into ancient times. Mm-hmm. But no, I was speaking more significantly about us having a coloring ceremony. Tomorrow. Yeah, basically the winter solstice, yes, right? Yes, it was, yeah. And so, you know, that means you've been colored now for a year. I know. It's wonderful. It's quite remarkable. It's wonderful. 
it's, it's been an extraordinary experience. Yeah. I think we'll I mean, have I to would, do... This year's transformation has been tremendous. I think we'll have to do a whole podcast on yeah. a year of being collared. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Coming up. <laughs> Interesting conversation today. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've really appreciated about this podcast is we've talked to kinksters of all sorts all, all over, over the, the world. world. All over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn something every time we have a conversation. Yes. Today we have Stix, who is a diaper lover, to help us understand more about that world. Yeah. So sure. Stix, welcome to the conversation. Thank you very much. And I'm pleased that you could ask me to come and be a part of this. This is awesome. Oh. Yeah, you're welcome. We ordinarily begin this conversation, Stix, by asking you to share your story with us. So tell us about your sexual discovery and how you got from there to here. Wow. Okay. Well, if you don't mind, I'll step back even a little bit further and then bring in how I developed as a diaper lover. Is that okay? I think that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. From about age one, I was born in the early 50s. And from about age one on, or prior to age one, my parents dressed me in cloth diapers and rubber pants. And from about age one on, it became apparent that plastic would be the new rubber. And so they developed plastic pants. And that from then on was what I wore. And unfortunately, I was a bedwetter. And when I got a little bit bigger, about age three or age four, it was apparent that I wasn't going to stop wetting the bed. So I continued, my parents continued to diaper me up until about the age of seven. And so after age seven, I was able to gain control and didn't need them anymore. And my mother got rid of all of the diapers and plastic pants and things that I needed as a baby. After that, I kept kind of trying to place myself because I felt lost and unfulfilled. And when I turned about age eight, I suddenly realized one day that I was sitting at the fence, staring at my next door neighbor, and she had a one-year-old, and he was in diapers and plastic pants. And I would sit and watch her put out the laundry, and then I'd come back later and watch her take it in. And that just fascinated me. So one day I had been watching her and she unpegged a pair of yellow Gerber plastic pants, looked at them, took them over to the trash can, which was in an alley. And she just reached over the fence, picked up the lid, tossed them in, put the uh, lid back. And at that moment, I decided I would like to have those for myself. So I waited until dark. I went over, got them. And I kept those for almost a year before they kind of fell apart. And so then I had to throw them away. It wasn't until later on that when I went back, I never could understand why I liked diapers and plastic pants so much. But I enjoyed wearing them. I just wanted to get my hands on them. And at that point, I did. At that time, they were not a sexual component of my desire to wear them. 
I just knew that I enjoyed wearing them. I wore them as much as I could. And I was a little bitty skinny kid back then, so it was easy for me to slip into a pair of extra large or toddler size diapers and pants. And so when I reached about age 13, the life-destroying hormones, as I like to call them, kind of grabbed a hold of me. And they became the, especially the plastic pants. I never have understood why I enjoyed those so much, but they became a very sexual object. And the only way I could ever figure out my desire toward them was that I said, okay, I have imprinted on these and they're like a security blanket for me. And I didn't think of myself as a baby while I was wearing them. I just enjoyed the feel and the look of them. And so that's kind of where that took off. And throughout my teen years and early 20s and 30s, I could actually wear a pair of plastic baby pants up until I was about 22. That's how skinny I was. I was about six foot going through high school and weighed about 135 pounds dripping wet. So that seemed to seemed to set it for me and I was I was truly amazed at the feeling and so up through it's been 60 some years now and I still haven't lost that feel for them they're just magic and so I've enjoyed wearing them sexuality sexually wise the the feeling has kind of subsided because of my age and condition of having a, uh, well, actually it, it's prostate cancer. And so when I was told that I had prostate cancer, they became more of a necessity rather than that enjoyable feel-good thing. I still like to wear them, and I do quite often. I have quite a bit. But it never developed, while I was growing up, it never developed into an adult baby type of thing or a sissy or a little. It just never did, it never did have that effect on me. I just enjoyed wearing them and looking at them and feeling them. And that was pretty much it. That's really interesting. I have a couple questions for you. First of all, thank you for sharing. Secondly... I wonder whether you ever considered exploring the world of latex or rubber or rubber as an impact on your interest in the rubber pants. Uh, I never got beyond that. And here's the strange quirk about rubber and plastic. If you present something soft and pliable, like a plastic sheet, a raincoat, pants, whatever it happens to be, or that in rubber it has absolutely no effect on me absolutely none and so that you know they're they're fun to wear but they're they're not even rubber is not even as exciting as plastic is to me and for the life of me i've tried to figure it out and i still cannot figure that out that's so interesting I have another question for you as well. In the world of rubber, hence, I understand that there's like a large community 
of adult diaper wearers. And I understand that there is an aspect of it that's sexual, an aspect that isn't sexual. Yes, that is correct. And for me, it was quite sexual. And it furthered my interest. Now, it did not diminish my, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say desire toward the female sex. I enjoyed being with females and I would actually hide that that aspect of me quite well. I've been married twice now and my second wife knew of my desire for those and she would even occasionally go out and buy them for me. But she never, it was something that she never got excited about. I only got excited and that she enjoyed being a part of my life and my desire as well. So I'm not sure. I know that there are a lot of people, you know, there's from soup to nuts, there's from A to Z and people dress up. They, you know, they, they use, oh, and that was another thing. I never, after I reached the age eight and got back into wearing diapers and plastic pants, I never used them. I never wet in them. That was a strange occurrence to me. And I know there are a lot of littles out there that they love to wet and they love to mess. And there's, like I said, from A to Z, everybody in between has a different twist on that uh, on that desire. And so nobody that I had ever gone out with that knew about my situation. They just couldn't get into it themselves, but they enjoyed me so much being a part of it that they were able to help me get through those times that, you know, the the time of enjoyment. And also it increased my libido by so much that my partner really enjoyed being with me and being a part of that. Sticks. Yes. So first of all, I acknowledge you on just putting yourself out there on the bedwetting. And it's amazing when we talk to people, you know, I have this realization for myself because I hear myself in people sharing. And I remember now just by you sharing that, that I wet the bed as a teenager. So I went through the point where, you know, I got out of diapers, of course, and went to school and all that business. That was normal. And then I would, I think I was just holding it too long or something. And I, I wasn't like a little where I would like to pee my pants. That wasn't what I was trying to do at all, but it would just happen. And a lot of times it happened at night, which, you know, late in hindsight, doctors said, well, your hormones were changing. That's why, because I just wouldn't wake up. I'd actually have dreams of like being in the bathroom going to the bathroom and then just pee my bed. (laughs) I want to put that out there because I just think that's not uncommon for people. That's a real thing. The other thing that I thought was fascinating was you were sharing how you, you know, you didn't, weren't trying to soil yourself or pee the pants. So in a sexualized way, although you said your wife, one of your wives might have bought you pants, rubber pants or supplies. They weren't as turned on like you were. But if you had an ideal situation, and and I'm just kind of throwing this out there, 
Is it something that it would have been a turn on to be able to be in the pants with your partner and then have them, you know, manual massage you or something of that matter? Is that is that where the sexuality uh, exists in the rubber pants? Yes, in fact, it is. And thank you for being very honest about that. Uh, I find a lot of people want to tell their story also, and I'm I'm excited to hear it. Uh, it even though it differs just a tiny bit from mine. Now, when I was a child, I always thought that it, that, and the doctor also seemed to think that I had a small bladder, and I just hadn't stretched it. I hadn't held it uh, enough to. And at night, I was such a deep sleeper that nobody could wake me up in time for me to get to the bathroom and solve that problem. Now I don't have any problem. I wake up three or four times a night, and that's always a problem. But you are correct. The feel of plastic and rubber up against the skin is quite erotic for me. Now, I, I know there are a lot of people out there that uh, that feel like that also. And I talk with many people, and they're blown away by that. And they will pull off their diapers and just wear the pants by themselves. And that is highly erotic. Uh, you know, rubber pants and, and even plastic pants are so hot. That's one of the problems where... Newer and younger people who wear disposables don't find it all that hot to wear those type of garments. The older ones of us, I say over 50, who grew up in those diapers and plastic pants or rubber pants, as it might be, found them hot and sweaty. In the body, it's almost like something decadent to eat you know it's it's you just desired it's a craving and you want to be in those pants and and be stimulated and so that's exactly where it went to my wife found that my libido went just right over the roof when she could stimulate me that way and it was exciting and so i i gave it every bit of my all and uh, so that was that was something I thoroughly enjoyed, and I know there are a lot of other people out there that do that, and a lot of other people who are excited about, now not everybody is excited that way, but they get excited about wetting their diapers or messing in their diapers, uh, some other facet of that, and I think that's, I don't have any problems with that. I think that's whatever way you can express yourself in those situations is the way you should do it. Sticks. I think that's awesome. I totally relate to what you're talking about. I mean, anyone in our generation understands we had cloth diapers. I mean, I remember when I was a toddler, it got to the point with the new baby coming where I would soil my diapers and have to go to the toilet and, you know, wash them out in the toilet basically is what you do before you put them in the diaper bin. And then your mom would, my mom would put on rubber pants for me in the interim while she's waiting to change me. And yeah, they're hot. You get sticky. You get, you know what I mean? And so everything you're expressing, those sensations, I can, I get it. I may not be of the same ilk, but I get what that attachment to that is. It's uh, it, 
to me, it's just a wonderful feeling. And, and there's different types of rubbers and plastics and vinyls. When I was growing up, we weren't all that just terribly rich. But then again, uh, you could buy a, a pair of uh, rubber pants for probably uh, 40 cents or 50 cents, whereas uh, plastic pants were more, I could buy a pair for 20 cents and just go over and, and they were weren't of a particular brand. Back then you had tons of brands and you had Dorsey, you had Empire, Woolworths, Warren, Gerber, Playtex, Goodyear. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on because plastic was such a big thing back then. It it was brand new and it was lightweight and it was cheap and you could buy two three pair for for less than a dollar but the feeling the textured pants were the ones that i got used to and you could feel it brand new soft pliable pair you could rub your initially rub your hand over it and it would feel it would feel like nylon feels it's very soft, but then after you're rubbing your hand for just a moment, you realize that it wasn't nylon. It was, it was a textured outer cover. On the inside, it was very, very smooth, and then you get that sense of vinyl. Most of your pants back then were of, a, of that type of vinyl rather than the harder plastics that we have nowadays, the very smooth, buttery feeling. A lot of people really like that smooth feeling. Me, I like the more textured kind. And so in growing up, I would go to, I wouldn't go to the grocery stores because there's too many people that I knew in there. And I would try and go to a different type of variety store when I was a kid so that I didn't know anybody. And it took quite a bit of courage to walk up to the counter and pick out whatever uh, diaper and plastic pants that you wanted and then go to the register and stand there and face the music where people might line up behind you or you've got people that uh, are, are, I came across a lady one time that was a clerk there and as I was fixing to leave with everything in my bag this lady said tell your mother I said hello and it petrified me I didn't go back in that store for almost a year but I got I digress I'm getting away from the question you ask and so but uh, yeah, I, I love the soft vinyls, and they were just magic. I totally get that. So a couple things. First of all, just the experience that you're describing of a kid interested in something enough to pursue it with the doggedness that you did, I just I think that's kind of surprising and interesting and mendable. Bravo. Yeah, bravo, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, so it's been 40 or 50 years since then, and stores have changed and products have changed. And I'm wondering where things are today for this community of people. Who are the vendors and what's available to you as the source of your rubber pen fetish? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And I, and I was thinking about that earlier today. Uh, there are so many... You, you don't have all that many that you can actually walk into a store and buy. I only know of one or two, and one of them is out in California. It's called Lifestyles Emporium. But you have to call ahead and make an appointment, and then you can go in and see what they've got at that location. 
and it's specifically a, a little store. You can you can buy all kinds of just the plain stuff, the the diapers and rubber pants or plastic pants, and then pacifiers, and you can even I think they've even got a few sissy things such as uh, uh, rumba pants, the little panties with the uh, with the plastic line on the inside, and there's dresses and all kind of bonnets and shoes and just all kinds of things that you can buy. Most of it is on most of it is on the internet anymore. You put it in your search engine, you take a look at it and you decide what you want and uh, buy it right there. Uh, you never have to talk to anybody. You never have to face a clerk that might either one know you or wonder about why you're purchasing this sort of thing. I, I once told a clerk and I don't think she cared. Uh, I once told her, I said, well, this is for my little brother. It was like, so, <laughs> or she looks at you with a, with the eye of, of, uh, accusation and saying, really, come on, these are gigantic. <laughs> so I have a kind of a deep question for you to contemplate. So what stories have you been telling yourself over the years as a result of having this curiosity and interest and fetish? Those stories are um, rather interesting. At, at first, when I was young, I thought it was highly unusual. I thought it was just the strangest thing anybody could ever. I didn't know there were other people out there that enjoyed these sorts of things. And I didn't know that, that they were doing the same thing that I was doing. I would binge and purge. I would buy them. And then I would feel guilty and I'd feel bad and I'd go throw them away. And I did that for years. I couldn't understand why I would do that. And I couldn't understand why I had so much delight in buying and wearing them. But I did. And it, was, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I figured out that it, it wasn't going to go away in my life. And it was just going to be a part of me it's who i was and i learned to accept it and from that point on i felt way much better just i mean it was like the weight of the world was off my shoulders amazing i i just hear that transformation that you just spoke to being you finding your authentic self your expression and it's so powerful because even though we all have different fetishes and interests and kink, when someone is able to get clarity on their authentic self, like you have, you're right. It does exactly that. It lifts that weight. You know, kink in the kink world, we were just talking, Saffir and I, about there's tons of, of obviously kink shaming by outside. And then there's a ton of kink shaming we do to ourselves just because society says things are supposed to be a certain way. And I just, I, I feel such a connection to you in this respect because I too am on my own journey and I hear your transformation as being so authentic. And powerful. It's powerful to share because 
you have to know that someone's going to listen to this and hear themselves in your sharing. And I just really applaud you for just being so willing to share. So thank you. Well, thank you, uh, both of you. I, I appreciate your willing to come out and kind of express your own personal feelings about that. And I've, like I said, many years I've spent trying to deny myself. And if I could relay anything to your your listeners, it's like, don't worry so much about this. You're going to come back to it. And uh, it, it's for some of you, it's really going to grip you. And for others of you, you may not pick it up for a while and you may pick it up and then you may drop it and you may pick it up. And it's the other thing that a partner has to kind of buy into. I hear so many people that are so disappointed because their partners don't share the same excitement that they do over this. They can't even conceive that they might like to try it and see what their partner does for them. They just, and I've never quite understood all of that because my wife was, even though she didn't wear and she couldn't figure out the excitement, she could see it in my own eyes and she could feel it in my presence when we were together. And that excited her. That was a part of it. If she could get me as excited about that as as we could enjoy and share our personal experience together, then she was all for it. I love that. That's fantastic. Why don't you share a little bit about the ways people can connect with other adult diaper lovers? Oh, yeah. You kind of have to get in there and search and feel and, and be a little bit brave about your situation. And maybe you don't at first have to throw yourself into it just get on, find somebody, find a little group. We've got a little group that, that one of the people has uh, set up on Zoom, and we sit and talk for hours. The interesting thing about this is that we may sit and talk and never say a word about diapers, never say a word about plastic pants, never say anything about baby-related items. And we may talk world... We try to stay away from the, the common things like the politics and religion and those sorts of things because sometimes that becomes a, a little too offensive. But we get in there and we talk about where people live and what's going on around the world. We have a person from Australia. We have uh, several people from the States. We have people from England. We have people from Canada. And they all have a story to tell, and they all relate things. And it's just, it's a wonderful, exciting thing to get to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But being a diaper lover, I, and I say that because you've heard my story now, and you know that it's not truly all about diapers, but it it is uh it's it's kind of nice to be able to to hear other people's stories and if you get involved and you get get in there a little bit one of the nice things about fet life is you have to sign up you have to be in it you have to sign into it 
to be able to to be able to join and and get the benefits out of it and people can't as easily get onto it and hack into you the other problem with uh, things like daily diaper diaper space diaper mates those particular forums you don't have to be a member and you don't have you can actually dial up in certain respects and see what people are saying see who they are and that that leaves it a little bit un a little bit concerning to me and i try and stay away from those sites because they and now i know everybody enjoys those sites they specifically talk about diapers and those sorts of things but pet life you've got just a plethora of things to talk about and i really enjoyed it no, absolutely. Stix, thank you so much for taking the time to share your journey with us. This has been really informative. It's so valuable. It's so valuable. And I think that it's going to make an impact for a lot of people. So thanks for coming on. Oh, you are welcome. And, and thank you very much for having me on this interview. I appreciate it. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! cheers.